part of this you just don't get, huh? Lord, let me know if you got us. Preaching about prophets. It ain't no one man can stop us. Bow down to a goddess. Bow down to a goddess. Bow down to a goddess. It ain't no one man can stop us. Bow down to the goddess. Hello and welcome to the Strong Women Power Half Hour. I'm your host, Kelly Hickey, Women's Empowerment Specialist and founder of Strong Women Co. You can check us out on Facebook and Instagram. We're always posting empowering, soul-affirming stuff. Uh, But the Strong Women Power Half Hour is a a half an hour, usually, podcast um, that is designed to help you get tools, tips, tricks, um, support, encouragement, uh, opening mind ideas. Ideas, uh, to help you live your strongest, happiest, healthiest uh, lives. And uh, this is super exciting because um, this is our first show since uh, going live on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Yay! So if you're listening to our slot on CHMR at 10 a.m. on Saturdays or over the podcast waves, thanks so much for listening. And if you are catching us on iTunes or Google Play, uh, subscribe and write us. Uh, it helps other people find us uh, if you rate us. Uh, such a weird thing to say sometimes. Um, but, okay, so I'm super excited about today's show. The topic is self-care in the post-truth, post-Trump world cool, right? So it's self-care, yeah, but it's also in the context of the post-truth, post-Trump world that we're currently living in. And we have a very special guest today. Uh, And because we've had such a special guest, uh, and this was such a great, big, important topic, this is actually a special edition podcast. It's going to be a full hour long, lots of phenomenal uh, information, uh, conversation between myself and the special guest, Dr. Sarah McCulley. She is a clinical psychologist, artist, activist, advocate, educator. Um, She's also the same Dr. Sarah from VOCM's Sunday Night Sex Show with Dr. Sarah, if you've ever listened to that on VOCM. Uh, She's a brilliant woman and a great friend of mine, uh, one of my honored uh, uh, guests. And um, uh, she's also, Sarah's probably best known locally um, at the farmer's market as the jam lady. She's just a woman, uh, I call her a polymath. Uh, But we are both two fast-talking, passionate women, (laughs) friends, who are excited to talk to each other and specifically excited to talk about uh, these topics. So... Uh, you're in for a real treat. Um, and, uh, you know, this is the kind of podcast that's probably best listening uh, while you're walking, uh, you're cooking dinner, or you're driving. So if you're doing any of those things, um, uh, thanks for listening. And I uh, really hope you get something from this. Um, as with other episodes, we're going to uh, discuss the, the topic, uh, and then I'll end with a feature song uh, that is related to the theme, uh, and this featured uh, song this week uh, is uh, titled Self-Care, and it was so uh, fun when I found it uh, because it was uh, I was searching for quite some time, because I tried to get a feature song that goes with the theme, right? And uh, of course... Uh, Uh, self-care wasn't so obvious, uh, but um, I ended up with a really great song that I think you're going to uh, totally groove to. Uh, It's from a modern woman's perspective of self-care. 
Um, and uh, besides that, uh, I've got this special uh, sound effect that I'm using this time because it isn't our show and this is two friends just talking back and forth. Uh, whenever we br- talk about or suggest a self-care, a tangible kind of self-care um, topic or self-care uh, suggestion, um, you'll hear this sound. And so when you hear that sound, you know, you can just think of, okay, I want to pay attention again here now. Um, and that uh, there's some particular tangible self-care point that I could uh, take up. Uh, and that sound is uh, the sound of a magic wand. Uh, so it was kind of uh, extra special when I was choosing it. I was like, oh, that's perfect. Kind of also reminds me a little bit of Antique Roadshow, but that's something else. So before we get started... Uh, let's gather all of ourselves up like we do for our usual shows. We always take uh, at least one breath together. Uh, it's very important to not leave yourself in fragmented pieces throughout from your day and whenever we can just to pull ourselves in to be a nice little condensed whole self. Um, and then we, once we've got our whole self together and you're not thinking about all the things you've had to do or your list and you're just here right now, we're going to take a nice deep breath together in through your nose and fill up your lungs as big as you can. <sighs> Let it out. Sigh if you want to. You know how I loved a, a good sigh. Nothing like a good sigh. Well, um, without further ado, I'm so excited uh, to share this with everybody. Um, this is a podcast that uh, means a lot because um, there's a lot of good information in here so that we can t- continue on um, being uh, happy, healthy, and strong uh, as we move forward in our lives, even in complicated uh, political um, times that we are currently living in. All right, so here we go. Let's get into um, a bit of an intro or summary about the topic of the show. Does that sound good with you, uh, Sarah? Yes. Okay. Uh, okay, I'll just start into that. You can um, pick up. Um, so why, where I came up with uh, the topic of this show is because, you know, yes, self-care is critical and important and crucial for any kind of happiness and sustained energy and, and uh, um, you know, uh, identity and growth. And But um, I think of self-care much differently now than um, I did a couple of years ago uh, because of um, just the different kind of feelings of uh, in politics and in media. Uh, and of course, we're just more um, bombarded. Uh, but uh, to tell you the truth, uh, specifically looking at self-care in the post-truth, post-Trump world is different, uh, particularly as a woman, um, because there's different things to think about. Um, besides uh, some of the uh, mind, body, soul stuff, we'll get into um, things like self-care and for me include um uh, resisting, uh, uh, posting things that are political, uh, with, with my, uh, voice attached to them, uh, to have some kind of dissent from the, uh, general, um, 
powers that be that are rising up uh, from the right wing. Um, but uh, so there's the political piece. And then there's also this um, really frustrating piece of the post-truth and um, where truth just doesn't have the same kind of meaning uh, that it used to. And it seems to be something that people kind of like throw around, toss around like it's something that's subjective, uh, like this fact relativism, um, you know, from, you know, cherry picked graphics to the uses of language and visuals to sharing means of data in ways that specifically, you know, I've seen uh, uh, graphs from um, right wing uh, folks on uh, Facebook that I've gotten into arguments with that show me how um, it was actually white people are more killed by uh, police than black people. So doesn't that you know, prove the point that Black Lives Matter is uh, not a worthwhile um, movement? And it's just so ridiculous. It's like, do you understand what per capita is? Do you understand? Um, well, maybe it's an issue of general police violence <laughs> instead of, you know, so there's this cherry picking that, um, you know, just drives me, it makes me so frustrated. Uh, and this idea that no one knows the truth and that um, you know that we always had spin, but now it seems like there's more than just spin, and um, uh, it, it, it feels like it's hard to know which way's up. And um, in a world when things are so um, unsure, and we feel like we're teetering um, on the precipice of some kind of um, unknown future. Uh, I think it's more important now than ever to do our pieces of self-care so that we can continue on and move forward uh, with our ideas and our work and our energy to promote a world of inclusion, a world, um, you know, that where we take care of our environment and take care of our children, we take care of our elderly, um, and uh, we take care of ourselves. So the self-care piece uh, for me was kind of rooted in this, and then I wanted to get real tangible uh, tools that people can use in this frustrating um, white knuckle um, depending on your your geography gender skin tone sexuality um, mental health health uh, depending on all of that um, just uh, looking for tools to help us all in this frustrating white knuckle time and I don't mean that in a um, an alarmist way I mean it in a genuine let's call the spade a spade um, and let's look at the things that we're we're facing um, and you know one of the things that seems to keep coming up for me that we're facing um, is the fact that um, some people are willing to pretend that facts aren't true and if that's the a reality that we're living in um, it, that makes steam come out of my ears and I and I, I don't know what to do about that and I know there's a lot of us that feel that way you know I feel like you know everyone can say oh there's extremes on the left and the right and that's always the argument particularly that the right makes is that there's extremes on the left it's mm -hmm. like sure I guess but um, you know it, it's been my experience in the data that I've gathered that it's like some of those on the right have given up on the knowable facts, yeah. like the things that are knowable and, and you know, we, we know it, they, they uh, can be proven or not. And in part, I think they've given up on those knowable facts uh, because there's mounting evidence against uh, these theories or beliefs that they're clinging to. And instead of saying, oh, well, I'm going to change my belief or theory on this now that there's new evidence, they'll instead say that, oh, everyone manipulates uh, truth and fact to fit their own agenda, and I'm going to continue believing whatever I want to believe, even though there's mounting evidence that there's climate change or mounting evidence that immigration actually helps economies. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's this kind of piece that I felt I feel 
there was more of a mainstream middle that was uh, keeping us anchored in human decency and in the knowable facts so that, you know, if someone was caught in a lie, that could be a career ender sure. where uh, people are caught in lies, particularly uh, conservative politicians are caught in lies or, or even, you know, uh, caught, uh, admitted uh, being a pedophile or, <laughs> or these different things that have come up um, that uh, just don't seem to, to hang into any kind of human decency um, middle. And um, I find that really stressful. It is really stressful. It's hard to go home at the end of the day. It's hard to sleep at night knowing that, say, five years ago, ten years ago, I, I was blissfully ignorant. I used to think that, no, no one in their right mind would admit to being a criminal, would admit to doing some sort of crime, would admit to even an attention. And nowadays, everyone's admitting it left, right, and center. Mm -hmm. No one's being held accountable. And what it means is the whole world is becoming very unsafe. Not that it was safe before, but at least people were faking it. And I don't mean that as a good thing. A lot of people will say maybe it's better that everything is on the surface. But, you know, <laughs> the thing with faking it is at least there was a message. There was an underlying value or understanding that, guess what? There's something wrong with mm. being dangerous, unsafe, being a criminal. Uh, or lacking human decency. Yeah. Uh, lacking human shame. Um, and, you know, so this is the uh, self-care in the post-troop post-truth, post-Trump world, um, and not to dig too much into um, uh, what the post-Trump world is, because most people mm -hmm. will uh, know what that means, um, but um, there, it has given uh, people who were thinking racist, sexist, um, ableist, uh, you know, uh, Islamophobic, uh, transphobic thoughts, it's given them a platform. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, it's given them um, uh, energy and uh, validity. And um, I feel, you know, I, I really try to check in with myself because there's, there's so much going on and I am a political junkie. Yeah. I, I consume uh, three to five podcasts a day. Most of them are political uh, because I do enjoy um, knowing what's going on in the world and uh, knowing the ins and outs. Um, but it's, I have to, to take, um, I have to remove myself from that from time to time and check in with myself to see, you know, okay, I'm a zoom out person too. Yeah. And I'm a big person of like, I know my life is just one of, you know, many in this planet. And I do feel that we are evolving. Like I do understand evolution and, and I don't think we just evolve physically. I think we do evolve spiritually and intellectually otherwise. So like I'm, I, I really do genuinely have, I'm an optimist at heart that I do believe that we are facing more um, in this uh, post-Trump era than we would have faced if uh, Hillary Clinton had been president. I think that a white woman like me would have been able to believe in the system more, uh, even though it's like, you know, strangling us um, and uh, allowing us less and less options or power or freedom. Um, but uh, so that being said, um, we're in this world. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, like you said, uh, you know, it's, there's less it's funny use the word fakeness even fake news is, has different words now where mm -hmm. like fake news <laughs> does it actually mean fake news used to mean fake news yeah. and now it just yeah, it means, means fake fake news well <laughs> now, now fake news means um a uh news article that uh disagrees with trump yeah that's that's what fake news yeah. now means. what was al gore's title an inconvenient truth inconvenient truth that's so true what yeah, a great like title that, that was really good <laughs> Uh, and Al Gore, of course, who was actually got the popular vote like Hillary did, and that's a whole other um, mm -hmm. piece piece of the pie there. Um, but uh, so yeah, because uh, everything is going faster, mm -hmm. the news cycles are insane. News cycles that you know uh, used to take 
uh, a week to burn out or three or four days to burn out. Now we're on to the next subject, like literally a half an hour later. Um, and so I think that people are feeling burnout. Oh, absolutely. And um, it just feels like this endless barrage of assaults, assaults on um, what you on your reason, assaults on your values, assaults on, um, you know, uh, safety on your future. There's just a lot of assault. And, and here, you know, I'm speaking uh, we're speaking in St. John's, Newfoundland, Canada as to white women with degrees under our belts and all of these things. And we're feeling this. Yeah. And um, I also you know, want to think about my privilege and. I think about, you know, the, oh my God, the children being ripped away from their parents who were, you know, trying to go to us to get asylum in the States. You know, I, I think about the um, uh, ICE uh, taking away families and separating them and, and, and deporting people at, you know, um, way, way higher uh, rates than any other president. I think about, um, you know, uh, black people in the States and the extra crap that they have to deal with now because of this overt, open racism and they get to call themselves white nationalists instead of neo-Nazis and that was their rebranding and that's okay. And then the the media actually still calls them alt-right or white nationalists instead of Nazis. And you know what it comes down to is you and I, because we've got the privilege of being uh, white, middle class, uh, very, very privileged in so many ways living in Canada, having the backgrounds that we do and the freedoms that we do, we get to be aware of. We've got a language for and we've got an understanding mm-hmm. of what the frig is going on. Mm-hmm. But the reality is most people don't have that understanding. They're living in the margins and they're just trying to make sense of it and they're trying to survive. And you and I have this benefit and privilege of talking about thriving and talking about unplugging and talking mm-hmm. about disengaging with all of this. But most people don't have the, the privilege of disengaging because it is reality and it is hard. Very true. So, so, so very true. So uh, with all of that, I think that was probably a good summary of uh, the reality that many of us are facing, or at least from mm-hmm. our perspectives, our limited uh, but, but relevant perspectives. Um, so we've got uh, broken down into categories of mind, body, and soul, but I'm sure uh, we're going to go back and forth in those categories. Um, so Sarah, what do you got? So as far as self-care goes, I like to even start with sleep. Sleep is so essential and we completely overlook it. There's this weird belief that in order to get more, be more, be strong, be like a man, be whatever you want to call it, uh, you have to be basically going nonstop. We're human doings, not human beings. And that requires not getting much sleep. And it's a badge of honor to say, oh my gosh, I'm so exhausted. I pulled an all-nighter. I was up so late. I only got two hours of sleep. But in reality, we're fooling ourselves. So although we know this and the research is backing this, many, many people, we like to deny it. We like to ridicule it and say, no, sleep is something that babies need, kids need, maybe old people need. But the rest of us, if you're strong enough and you've got the balls, you can figure it out. You'll be fine. Don't worry. In fact, you're that much better if you can go without. In fact, the average person needs about eight and a half hours of sleep. In fact, some people need more, some people need less. But the gross majority of us do not need less, even though that is what we're told that we Mm -hmm. need. Getting a little bit more sleep is not the same thing as sleeping in on the weekends. So good sleep, good sleep hygiene is going to bed, having the lights out, having no sound, having no cat scratching at the door, walking on your head, having your partner not snoring when he could get a CPAP machine, (laughs) having the blankets and the heat to the right temperature rather than whatever ended up happening. If if I can interject here um, (laughs) as a mother, as a toddler. Uh um, (laughs) So I think think if you have any small children um, in your house, particularly infants, 
you gotta sleep when you can yes uh that's kind of what it comes down to we're still co-sleeping uh with violet just in the same room which uh, by the way i know nursing staff and someone don't really support but oh my gosh it works so well <laughs> i have no i know it's really quite white privilege to even think that we should have this little it's crib somewhere in really another room as if there is another room and you know there's this nanny or something right no <laughs> well it's also i think this other thing i think that it's part of this individualistic society yeah. of like you need to be you, your child needs to have a separate identity from you and therefore must sleep away from you it should be independent yeah at seven months if you should see my little girl you want to see independent girl <laughs> but um uh, we just have a three-story victorian and it just makes no sense for her not to sleep on the same floor as us um but getting kicked in the face is a regular thing yes uh, and i have uh, she slept through the night twice since she's born yeah. uh so it's um kind of like yes let's get sleep um whenever we can high quality sleep um and make it a priority uh but not to beat up ourselves exactly when there's actual situations particularly with small children you know a big part of what people call insomnia is really just people over being becoming over anxious about not sleeping soundly and hmm. I, one of the first questions i ask people when they say they got anxiety or trouble sleeping is do you check your clock in the middle of the night if they're mm. clock checkers if they're time checkers that's the first thing i get rid of is say please get that out of your room you don't need that you can have a couple of alarms too if you really really need it but put them out of the room so you're not looking at them it makes no difference whether you know you've got four hours left or 40. right great suggestion yeah. great suggestion what else you got there? So besides sleep, what else could we do? Well, we definitely need rest time. So we need dedicated time to set aside just to focus on ourselves. And, you know, sometimes it'd be lovely if we could just distract ourselves from all the worries of the world. That would be lovely. And that's why we watch TV. That's why we uh, take ourselves off into another world just by listening to music. But, you know, the Buddhists have it right. They say, focus on mindfulness. Be in the moment. Sit there with your feelings. Let yourself experience things. And the Japanese have a phrase, and I don't know what it is, but I love the concept of it, and something that makes a lot of sense. The phrase is forest bathing. So the idea is, instead of just trying to escape, trying to go to bed, trying to sleep it off, go immerse yourself in beautiful things. Be there in the moment, enjoy it. So you might go to a beautiful park, be in forest. You might go and spend time with uh, a cute little, I don't know, a puppy or a kitten or something, but immerse yourself in whatever that experience is. Play music, perform it yourself, dance to it, dance like no one's watching, have a full-on bath and have the music going and the candles and everything. You can still do that stuff, but be there in the moment. Don't use it as an escape. Use it as an alternate reality because at the end of the day, that's what our brains need. That's what our souls need. We need collective experiences that are positive. We don't just need to turn off and unplug. If that's the case, then it means that the life that we're living that we're trying to unplug from is actually a pretty unpleasant place. I'd rather have a life that's a balance of, sure, some of this unpleasant stuff that at least we're aware of and knowledgeable about, but also these really, really positive things with people, with other folk. And that includes um, not just being out there in the world and in the universe and interacting, but exercise. So moving your limbs, getting rid of all that stress hormone, the cortisol, the adrenaline that you build up during the day, mm -hmm. and they build up while taking all this stuff in, internalizing it, learning it, 
we love getting all this information, but it is information overload. We love playing computer games. We love binge watching Netflix. But ultimately what's happening is we are sitting there. We are physically still. And human beings are not these innate computer objects. We're actually physical bodies that need to move and express and exert and get rid of that energy and or redirect it into something really healthy. So exercising, it's incredibly, incredibly powerful. Often it gets us out of our usual space. You might be at a gym. You might be outside. Even so much better if you're outside in the sunlight, moving around. You're moving your body. You're getting the, the motion, the endorphins, the positive rush of energy. And also you're, all, you're doing the stress relief. You're um, releasing that, that bad energy. You're getting a sense of accomplishment. You're setting up some goals, little mini goals, like I will get to the end of that road. It's just a change of focus. So good for you. Absolutely. No, I'm a, a person who needs to exercise. Yeah. I have um, stayed away from um, a lot of different pharmaceuticals that different doctors have wanted to put me on at different mm -hmm. times by having a exercise uh, regimen. Again, that has changed since becoming a mother. <laughs> now sometimes my exercise is literally like uh, running after her and, and, and walking the dog, but getting that exercise and moving that, uh, that body um, is... Um, uh, and also getting more oxygen in your in your blood, yes. you know, like that that and kind of opening up your lungs and uh, particularly if you can do it outside the time in nature. Mm, um, it's wonderful. It's it's one of it's one of my best ways to meditate is the time in nature and and meditate can be used in many different ways and walking in nature is one of my meditations. And so, be aware of yeah. all the senses. Be aware of what you're smelling, what you're hearing, the birds chirping. Um, the breeze on your face. The, it's very, very different than air yeah. conditioning. And it allows you to be in the moment, like you're yeah. saying, as opposed to in, in our heads, yeah. which is where we're living most of the time. Mm -hmm. We're most of the time living in our in our, in our our minds. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, uh, that those are good things. Yeah, uh, the five senses when you're outside and just one of the biggest things for me for resting and the reset is meditation. And it does look different for me all the time. Um, you know, I used to be a more diligent um, uh, meditator. Uh, but now, uh, if I can take five breaths, yes. you know, that's the recentering that uh, mm -hmm. is available to me and that I can do. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what kind of like resets. I can feel a change in my body, even when I do. Oh, definitely. That's why it's so important to me uh, in this podcast is, is encouraging everyone to take that one single breath. Mm -hmm. um, to the breath work itself is such a it's such a powerful tool uh, mm -hmm. that we can do to get your feet on the ground because uh, I can get whipped up into a frenzy and oh yeah I, I last week I was literally brought to my knees crying over the news when I heard about these children being separated from yeah. from their parents uh, particularly their mothers and the thought of that happening to me like I, I dropped to my knees and a bald mm -hmm. and that's happening more and more frequently on the one hand, thank God we're aware of this and it's not just happening in a vacuum. On the other hand, we are human beings. And just like, even if you think about the extreme example of folks in the military, 100 years ago during World War One, World War II, uh, a person might um, be mobilized once, maybe twice. And the human body, the human brain, the soul, as much as it's very, very difficult, there's a possibility for you to recover such a brutal, horrible torture scene and environment and context. But if you're exposed to that over and over and over again, mm -hmm. which is the reality for many people in their lives, but also our military today going into so many different over situations, and, and for uh, people of vicarious trauma, listening to the news, hearing so much happening, we're not getting the Leave It to Beaver World version of, uh, you know, the ducks at Burton's Pond, we're like moving from one pond to another pond. No, we're hearing about deaths and murder and rape and we're hearing about atrocities mm. and that is very very hard on our souls mm -hmm. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, it's hard to keep that optimistic uh, outlook. It is. Uh, yeah. So I, th- I think, I guess, choosing mm-hmm. uh, what uh, media we take. Yes. Um, so to tell you the truth, um, I mean, yes, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Uh, many of them have analysis hidden or interjected with satire. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how I can, that's how one oh, of the man. ways that I can digest it. If I can't, can't digest it. But I can't digest Oof. the straight news. No, I can't either. Uh, you know, like Democracy Now. I love Democracy Now. Um, I was, I've been a listener almost every day of Democracy Now for the past, I don't know, uh, 12, 15 years. Uh, but since Trump's been elected, I listen to it maybe once a week, sure. maybe once every two weeks. Mm-hmm. Because I can't. Yeah, exactly. I just don't have the it's bandwidth um, to uh, compute all of that. And of course, that is from a position of privilege that I can say this. Yeah. However, it is part of my, what I can control. Mm-hmm. Right, and I'm doing all the good work I can on still living my life. And this is the other piece: is with all this going on, we still got these lives to live. That's right. We still got these dreams to fill. Yes. Right. Yep. And and the sole path to walk. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, we have to make those decisions. And I think you have something like I guess it would be called healthy boundaries. Right? Oh, yeah. I did want to talk about this. So often, especially as, as women, but a lot of folks, whether we play the gender role or, or just kind of a sense of, I don't know, obligation to other people, it's very, very difficult to say no and to set limits. And yet it's absolutely vital that we do so. If we're not setting limits, we're literally saying no to nothing. And that means you're not your own person. You're not making your own choices. And guess what? Other people are not going to make the best choices for you. So limit setting and having healthy boundaries is about knowing how much time you need for things. It's about knowing what you need and making space for it. So if someone asks you to take on an extra task and you do not have the space for it, it's about saying no. It's about having respect in a relationship and enough balance and equality or understanding of egalitarianism, that you have things divided up in a way that works for you and that you're aware of and you agree to. It's about consent. Mm. It's about understanding and agreeing to things. Oh, I like that being uh, about consent um, because I think uh, we just accept being bombarded. Oh, sure we do. Um, and, and accept in many times to not being active participants in what we are receiving or what we are open mm-hmm. to. Um, so in the sa- in same kind of um, limit setting, I'd suggest um, taking bre- breaks from social media and other medias specifically. Yes. But also thinking about what it is that works for you as an individual. You know, there's this dude named Gardner, and I'm sure he was not the first one to realize it, but our intelligence and our personal selves is made up of so many aspects. It's the kinesthetic, the athletic, it's the music, it's the language, it's the math, it's the spatial ability, the artistic, the social self, the I don't know, the enterprising self that's out there looking at new ways of doing things, innovation. And depending on who you are and what really gets you, you need to go after what gives you purpose, what gives you joy, what gives you fulfillment. So personally, when I wake up in the morning, uh, I'm more of an introvert, even though I talk a lot. (laughs) So I need quietness, I need space to myself, and yet at the same time, I need a lot of music. And Mm. I need music without lyrics, I need music without a message underlying it. And and maybe that means violin or cello or something first thing in the morning. And you know what? It takes up five minutes of my life. And I might be in the washroom at the same time. But that starts off my day so much better than if I don't do it. So mm-hmm. making little teeny tiny conscious choices. It's the just one little thing. Jolts, J-O-L-T, just one little thing. Uh, there's hmm. a wonderful woman online who created a website after her her son died and she said you know if you could just do one little thing change one little thing about your life you're going to start a whole domino effect of of 
benefiting and improving other people's lives as well. I love that. Be Jolt. conscious. Just one little yeah. thing. And, you, and you're exactly right. And from those little things uh, can get uh, big changes. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, if you're doing, if you're taking the time and making sure you're getting the time, well, number one, you've asked yourself what you need. Yeah. And number two, you've answered. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then number three, you're actually doing it. That is, that is a... Um, good self-esteem practice because that's you saying you're worth it Mm -hmm. that's you saying i'm worth it my day is worth it uh this is what i need music without lyrics um and 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 there you go um and i think i think that's a really good suggestion uh, for Mm -hmm. folks just to do that one little thing particularly in the mornings uh whatever they can do to kind of um uh allow themselves uh the the room to to i don't know uh, get ready for the day get prepared because um, in, in reality you know when we are being bombarded and you're, you're just likely didn't get enough sleep and then you're awake and you have all these things on your mind so anything you can do for yourself in mm-hmm. these small little gifts that's probably one of the things that we can focus on is these little gifts that we can give ourselves like listening yes. to music or like having this practice and mm-hmm. you and i talked about uh ritual so one of your rituals would be um, listening to music in the morning. That's, uh, that's really great. Mm-hmm. One of the most dangerous things we can do to ourselves as spiritual beings is to get into a rut, doing the same thing over and over again mindlessly. So not being conscious, not having empowerment over what it is we're doing, but doing the same thing over and over again. It's brutal. We're not machines. We're not automatons. And when we start acting like it, we're really screwing things up. And we're falling into this structure that lets things uh, like this post-Trump and post-truth world happen in the first place. So when we're mindful, when we're on top of all of that, we can actually uh, give ourselves permission to be human beings, to be rational, decent human beings. And if you need some rationale besides the fact that it feels good and it is good for you, there's some good science behind this. You know, even people dealing with uh, depressive disorders, people dealing with anxiety disorders, one of the very common strategies we use in psychology is cognitive behavior therapy. So we help challenge people's cognitions if they're unbalanced, if they're just not working. Like a lot of people might have a very negative perspective of themselves that just isn't accurate. But on top of challenging cognitions, we get people to actually start doing the behaviors and doing the things, the activities that they want to do that would make them happy. After all, if we're in a rut and we're not doing anything joyful, why would your life be joyful? Why would you feel joyful? You got to put something into that vacuum. Uh, Perfect. That leads into two things that um, I want to talk about for self-care. One, finding and creating joy. Mm-hmm. And um, I want to put a shout out specifically. Chocolate? That, oh, yes, please. <laughs> Soap? Um, <laughs> finding and creating joy is an act of resistance. Ooh. And it's a revolutionary act. It is. And like you said, it's empowerment. It's self-esteem. You're owning that you have the right and you are important enough and you deserve it. Well, I, uh, one of the great podcasts I listen to is called uh, Pod Save the People. Yeah. Um, and Miss uh, um, uh, Pacnetti uh, was one of my favorite people to listen to. It was talking specifically about joy being an act of resistance mm-hmm. because the oppressors want us to be depressed. It makes me think of like depre- concentration camps mm-hmm. and people in plantations <laughs> and using music and using relationships true, and creating right? games and finding this joy the, the boy in the striped pajamas or whatever it was you know th- this is the is a similar schemata right of um, oppressing and trying to keep you down and gray and whatever uh-huh. so like finding this joy and one of the things one of the uh, always comes up with my clients is um, making joy a priority yes and so yes you seek joy look mm-hmm. for joy 
you know, and because joy is going to happen to you if it's time with your cat or out in the nature, uh, nature or whatever, listening to a, your, a good song as you're driving. But then there's also the issue of creating joy. Because you are able to create joys. And that's one of the things, the daily practices I often talk to my clients about is um, carving out some time in the day where they create joy. But slow down, yeah. smile, feel the sun on your face. Remember what this life is about. That's right. Right? And also that's being a, a more sustainable energy piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, many of the clients that come to me are um, overachievers. Oh, yeah. And so <laughs> perfectionist, right? And oh my yeah. goodness, like it's, it's an honor to work with them. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but uh, they're so go, 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 go. Um, and the patriarchal capitalistic system is pushing them to produce, oh, produce, sure. produce, produce. And there's so much um, uh, about being a person and being a woman uh, that is not countable. Yeah, uh, you, you know, don't get I, credit. You don't get to feel the satisfaction. And I think so the idea is, if you, you are contented, then you're sitting back on your laurels, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, you don't have ambition or something. But you can have ambition and seek joy and be a balanced oh, person. Uh, it's not that that's necessarily an easy thing. But I think of like uh, Marilyn Waring and at a uh, New Zealand uh, Who's Counting that documentary and how much how much. Uh, women do in particular that's not included in the GDP mm-hmm. and I, th- I think I think of uh, one of my um, uh, participants uh, Arena and she's doing this really cool course online um, and one of the people talked about being more eggy okay right and I was like eggy what is, what is eggy and um, uh, then what they were talking about was being more like an egg versus a sperm mm-hmm. so a sperm is very frantic Mm-hmm. Like, oh my goodness, oh, I'm out. Okay, zig, 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 zig. Right? And one goal, one <laughs> and, place and, to go. And, and competition. And, yeah. And, and, uh, but reality, if you look at sperms, they actually swim sideways more than frontways. Oh, totally. And, 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 <laughs> and, and you know, it's, it's very frantic. But, uh, but the, that's the kind of energy of the, uh, the patriarchy and the capitalism yeah. of that frantic yeah. go, produce, produce, go, uh, eye on the prize, you know, that kind of thing. And, you know, up until now, up until like about two weeks ago, I always thought that the one sperm who got there first is the one that was successful. It's not true. The egg chain. Which sperm well, it that's takes what in. I was just about to say. So the to be eggy um, is so the egg's just Giving there. She's sense. she's chilling, making a choice. She's, she's relaxed. No matter, she's just there. She's existing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And when the sperm, if, if there are sperm that make it to an egg to be fertilized, it is the egg that then is like yeah. this one. So like all of those sperms were totally freaked out for and, no you know, reason, right? Um, Give it up, boys. So I have been trying to be more eggy. Yeah. And in this do less kind of movement, I don't know if you're familiar right. with the yes, do less. Absolutely. And, and even, even <laughs> do more by doing less. So quality, not quantity. Or even things like this podcast where uh, not killing myself for all of the edits and not yep. being the perfectionist in that kind of way of doing less mm-hmm. and or um, particularly listening to myself if I do feel tired. Uh, and, and one of the things I am learning about myself is my energy cycles and I know I am so much more sustainable energy wise if I do have that eggy time where I'm not forcing myself to produce I'm also not chastising myself in my head to produce so that's just the kind of piece of um, just taking taking that time for yourself Um, and then I would also suggest uh, so with your joy and taking the time for yourself um, and and not feeling guilty about that Mm -hmm. that time for yourself because it's you know I can write you a prescription right now you know like you need time for yourself but specifically the spiritual practice piece and I see more and more women in particular 
Uh, men are actually uh, talking to me about it too, and men are, I have been listening to some of uh, my podcasts, mm-hmm. is, which is nice too, because I think there is a void for them. Oh yeah, we're seeking not, something. There's something huge missing. But men just aren't allowed to talk about their soul. They don't have the same language. They're just, it's not um, socially acceptable. Like you and I can it's jam true. out about our soul at a drop of a hat, and we could have done that the second we met. Yeah. But how many men you know, like it, it is a minority of men that are, are feel comfortable and allowed to do that. But just having yeah. the time for your spiritual practice and more women, because um, uh, I do all kinds of different workshops, and I can't, I'm always very heartened and surprised how much of our conversation ends up going towards the spiritual mm-hmm. and the soul and people using things like the universe. And, and um, we're uh, with the rejection of organized religion, and there's been lots of reasons for that, We've also then rejected all kinds of ideas of spirituality and ritual, and we've thrown a lot of things out with the baby with the bathwater And I'm guilty of that for sure, you know, growing up in a really restrictive, conservative, ultra-religious background, even, like, even, (laughs) so there was Mennonite tradition in in my mom's family, and it's got so much wonderful social justice to it, so much equality, so much egalitarianism, and I was ready to throw the baby out with the bathwater, and I did for years and years, because it wasn't feminist, it wasn't Mm -hmm. woman-centered, I wasn't allowed to be selfish, and selfish was a bad thing, according to this context, and yet, like you said, like, we desperately need the soul, we need the spirit, and for me personally, I, I found it by going to nature, going to the Gaia hypothesis, looking at animals and souls and how we're connected, not how we're separate. Did you just say Gaia oh, heck hypothesis? Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that was a thing. Oh, That's honey. So cool. That's cool. I just found it, but like, okay. I know exactly what it, or we'll I think talk I know more. what it means. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, very cool in the not throwing the baby out with the bathwater, um, understanding why we did reject uh, those ideas of organized religion. Um, but then, I w- and this is what I encourage. I encourage women uh, to come to their spiritual practice on their own terms. And so this is one of the the biggest gifts um, I get is when uh, uh, women come to my workshop, and you've been uh, to uh, Mm -hmm. a couple of them, and particularly the the Minoan one and that. And women specific asking, uh, you know, how do I do this? How do I set up an altar? How do I, you know, very simple things. And, like, it's me, I give them permission, it's like, whatever you want yeah whatever feels good for you and it kind of seems silly to them at first and then I might give them slight structure just to have an idea but uh what the overwhelming response I've gotten is um uh I didn't know how to connect my spiritual life to my daily life yeah and just having an altar or meditating or breathing or you know speaking of the universe or goddess or you know Mm -hmm. uh, god or you know, uh, whatever whatever language you want to use. This is, um, I argue, um, you know, uh, energy can't be created or destroyed, so who you are existed at the beginning of time. Mm-hmm. I know I have the soul's path. I know you have a soul's path. Um, so it's just kind of like listening um, to your soul, which was the last podcast topic, but specifically um, listening to your soul and allowing a spiritual practice mm-hmm. and whatever that looks like for you. For a lot of people, that's nature and apparently coolly called Gaia hypothesis. <laughs> I can't wait to do that. Um, and I think that's that's really important uh, to not just gloss over. So when we're looking mm-hmm. at the mind, body, soul, uh, the whole self. Um, and uh Another thing for your soul, uh, besides this, your own spiritual practice that I uh, find extremely uh, recharging and beneficial and uh, soul-fulfilling is connecting with people I love. Yeah. Absolutely. And making a conscious choice of who you're connecting with and who you're loving. Mm-hmm. So deciding, I want to be with this person. They're such a positive influence. I love them. I feel good around them. And it's okay to let some people into your life that 
let's face it, you're aware you might be giving a, a little of yourself every time you're with them, but maybe you're getting something in, in all in the whole. But you have to make sure you are getting recharged too. I love being around funny people. I love mm. being around positive, warm people. I love being around people who bake really, really well <laughs> and people who make you a cup of tea as soon as you walk in the house. And you know totally. how wonderful it is to walk up to someone and they all of a sudden their whole face, their whole body just lights up. It's like you're the most important person in the world. It feels so good. I love those people. Yeah. But that's going back to the healthy boundaries piece. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that's a big difference I can look at in my life of um, before I had um, the healthy boundaries I do have now, not that I don't work on them uh, to make them better, but uh, I did give away my time and energy to people who didn't deserve it. And I don't do that so much anymore. And I can tell you, um, it is a game changer. It really is. There's so many toxic environments and toxic relationships we can easily slip into, and it's not our fault. (laughs) We we engaged in a lot of self-blame. How did I get into this job? How did I get into this abusive relationship? Mm. And there's a lot of gaslighting where we are basically being told and being convinced that, oh, no, no, it's all in your head. It's just fine. This is great. Everything's wonderful. You should be so grateful for what you have. But in fact, you know something's wrong. Deep down in that pit in your core, you know something's very, very wrong. And on the one hand, you, you don't want to run away from everything that scares you. But on the other hand, you got to trust your gut, too. And go with what brings you joy. Go with what fills you and what lets you put the joy back out there in the world, too. And this is you being an active participant in your life, mm-hmm. right? And this is, I think, the the choosing the people you exchange energy with, choosing the people you love, choosing the people who get your time. Mm-hmm. Um, that is that is being um, stepping up and being a captain of your soul and master of your destiny. And as women, we, there's so much pressure to be polite. <laughs> yeah. And um, I'm encouraging um, all women to not be polite. Can I share a wonderful quotation? It's nothing unique. Uh, so, now I can't remember the name of the movie. Uh, flashback. Blast from the Past. <laughs> Fantastic movie, Blast from the Past. With I think Alicia I still Silverstone? Have it. Yes, with Alicia Silverstone. I still have this movie on VHS. Blast from the Past. You've got this really old-fashioned guy yeah, yeah. who's been like in this bunker or whatever for years, like like Kimmy Schmidt, but even better. And uh, he, so he comes to the modern world, and he's been raised in kind of a 1950s mentality, which is not good for so many reasons. However, when she calls him on the fact that he's being very, very polite, he says, I just feel I should treat everyone like a lady or a gentleman. And she says, well, what does that mean? He says uh, it's about making people comfortable, making hmm. them safe. Hmm. Now I'm totally paraphrasing, but I <laughs> love that. Isn't that interesting? Hmm. It's not about par- it's not about uh, patronizing someone. It's not about lying. It's about making sure that they're okay in the environment, like kind of allowing them to have that space. Well, it's being considerate. Uh, yes, is uh, what, that, what, what that sounds <laughs> like. Being decent, but there is a difference between being considerate, of course, and then um, being a doormat. True, and I don't want to be one of those people that stands by and watches, you know, all these anti-bully campaigns. We've always focused on the person who is the perpetrator, but the reality is 99% of us are accountable because we're not speaking up and we're not doing more. And so on the one hand, you don't want to be the doormat. You do want to be the advocate. You don't want to be surrounding yourself with situations all the time that are traumatizing, but you need to choose your battles. And when you choose your battles, commit to it. Do something. You're going to feel more empowered yourself. You're going to help other people. You're going to just put it out there, that energy out there. Yeah, get your stuff together. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the the specifically connecting with uh, people you love, uh, like-minded people. When I get my girls' circles together, my women's circles, my, uh, you know, spend time with my um, partner, daughter, and dog, like... <laughs> I'm, I am in my glee. I am in my joy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that, oh, uh, journaling. 
Oh, gosh. Yeah. You know, there's something really powerful about putting your thoughts and ideas down on paper. Mm-hmm. You're owning it. You're making it real. And it's not batting around in your head anymore. Exactly. When yeah. it's batting around in your head, it stays on a very surface, superficial level. When you're putting it down on paper, you can actually see it. So all of a sudden, you've got this ability to analyze it. It's also got kind of a validity. There's something very authoritative about something being on a piece of paper. My, my favorite episode of Simpsons, or my favorite moment, I should say, is when Lisa's freaking out. This is an early season. The teachers have gone on strike and there's there's no teacher and she says validate me validate me grade me grade me give me some validation and her mother writes down an a plus on a piece of paper and just flashes it to her and it's so true sometimes just something written on a piece of paper can be so meaningful and I make little signs for myself. I do little sticker charts for myself sometimes. Sticker charts? I'm a big post-its gal. I'm Ooh, affirmations post-its. post-its is, is really Like on my bathroom mirror, mm-hmm. by my desk. Listen, you can use different colored markers. Uh, my, yes. <laughs> Color coding is one of my favorite things. Uh, one of my favorite post-its right now actually is uh, because I am doing this work and I am just like everyone else and I have uh, different uh, anxieties that can be debilitating. Um, so one of my post-its right now is, is two different post-its. One post-it says, it's not about me. And the other post-it says, it's about the revolution. I love that. And so that's me doing this work. My soul's path is about moving us forward and the revolution. So I can look up and I'm validated by, you know, those post-its that, I love uh, that. exist up there. I love poetry too, especially strong women speakers. So Emily mm. Dickinson, we never know how high we are till we are called to rise. Oh. And then if we are true to form, our statures reach the skies. Mm-hmm. Oh, you and your poetry. <laughs> um, well, I g- guess we can just try to wrap this up. Um, I wanted to uh, give one of the, if I'm having a close to an anxiety attack or on my way to an anxiety attack, panic attack, whatever. Breeze. I What I go to, uh, because I'm a person who intellectualizes everything, <laughs> um, I immediately list five things I'm grateful for. I like that practice. Because your mind cannot be grateful and anxious at the same time. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you just need to be plucked out of that anxiety energy. Yeah. And so, you know, and and I will make myself do five. Yes. And like, you know, not just, okay, you know, not just list. My daughter, you know, uh, just try try to be as specific with those items that you're grateful for. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes it's that I'm inside my house uh, and not outside in the blistering rain, or you know, like like what whatever those things are. But it 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 makes me be present. It makes me take evaluation of my life, and uh, it has stopped um, anxiety attack for me more than one occasion. It changes your focus very much. It changes my flow. It changes all. And I just wanted to throw that out as a suggestion uh, just to list five things you're grateful for if you are feeling uh, whipped up into anxiety or stress mm-hmm. or what have you and the reality is I mean uh, anxiety stress uh, it's fleeting mm-hmm. all feel all feelings are fleeting they are right and uh, that it will pass um, so just trying to uh, trying to not spin out is kind of it right. you know because it's so easy to spin out when we're getting whipped up into frenzies mm-hmm. um, from media and everything else that's going on in geopolitical news and um, you know discussions mm-hmm. and I, all of a sudden we're talking again about you know nuclear winter and things and um, there's real uh, dire conversations that we're having there's this real nihilist kind of idea so to kind of pull yourself back into your life and what you're grateful for and what you have in front of you is one of the best practices I've found uh, for grounding myself 
getting my head on straight yeah. uh, and then continuing um, to be uh, a functioning member <laughs> yeah. of, uh, of society. Absolutely. So I think uh, that's been great, Sarah. So much good information in there. I um, love talking with you. I know. Well, this, this, <laughs> this, this, this is a good excuse for us to get together and uh, I'm okay with this as an excuse to get together. (laughs) I need to share some really wise words from Finding Nemo. Uh, This is from Just Keep Swimming? Just Keep Swimming? Just Just Keep keep Swimming? swimming. I think that all just move forward right Keep going and that's and that's for for me my anxiety often comes from inaction mm-hmm. so if i do get a, if i just do a one little piece just of action one little thing just jolt. one little thing. give yourself a little jolt oh, that's probably one of the better best takeaways is just one little thing um do just one little thing jolt for yourself do just one little thing in your morning just one little thing uh to change the whole trajectory um, of your day and then what is a life but a series of days <laughs> so much love much uh, appreciation for your wisdom um, and uh, your glowing light and uh, we'll have you back again thank you I'd love to be back for sure all right thanks Sarah <laughs> Well, how was that for you? Did you learn something? I mean, I certainly did. Um, It was a real pleasure to have Sarah McCulley on, Dr. Sarah McCulley. As I said, good friend, but you could tell from that, I think we've known each other maybe 10, 12 years now. Met first at uh, the Vagina Monologues. And uh, it was so great to um, pick her brain on that. And I hope you've learned something from it uh, along the way and love to hear from you. Um, About to go into the featured song now. Uh, Before I do, just want to put a shout out to if you have any female apparent songs or any songs that you're like, this is just such a good song that gets me going. uh, I got to send it to Kelly. Well, I'm asking you to please send that song to me. Um, You can send it at Kelly at Strong Women Co dot com and it's got a spotify list gonna come up uh, some pretty soon maybe in the next week or so so on to the featured song today's featured song is uh by emmalyn estrada uh, she's from uh, surrey bc originally um she is one of the most beautiful women i think i've ever seen uh, she's a beautiful filipino uh, she's canadian with filipino descent um and uh the, watching the video for this song self-care i highly recommend it it's just so luxurious and wonderful and just kind of reminding yourself what self-care can be and should be and just taking time to yourself and uh, Emmeline is um, uh, has a couple of great songs out. I'll uh, suggest that you check her out, not just her video. Another good song I will suggest by her that I was so delighted uh, to accidentally find uh, when featuring, looking for this featured song. Uh, I just had it on YouTube and just kind of let her channel uh, flow. And then there's this song that came up uh, that was just such the epitome of modern feminism uh, in young women now. And it, it just made me squeal with delight. It, the name of the song is Hashtag Free Titties. <laughs> and the song talks about, you know, my titties just want to be free. Uh, and uh, I didn't even know if I was allowed to say the word titties. I had to ask the uh, news manager <laughs> here to see if I could say it. I was like, is that one of those words you can't say on radio? 
Uh, but she had mentioned that she had had another artist on about her titty song. <laughs> so maybe it's a thing. Uh, but that's an aside, something to really check out. Uh, free titties, uh, hashtag free titties is a really great song. My titties just want to be free. Uh, so in the same kind of realm of a modern young woman, uh, Emmalyn, um does this song self-care um, in a way that I think a lot of us uh, can relate. And the song starts about, you know, uh, just waking up and wishing it was Saturday and not some day of the week so that you could stay in just a mountain of blankets and just kind of have that time to yourself and you know not have any place to be and just check in with yourself and see to yourself because you've been ignoring yourself or connected from yourself and you know to stay in listen to something you want do a little thing something that uh, brings you joy uh, and kind of just get down with your bad self and uh, I think that there's a message here with a really groovy tone that uh, a lot of us can benefit from and um, taking that piece of self-care so that we can be um, the champions of our lives, so that we can be empowered, so that uh, we can be there for those around ourselves, but also be there for ourselves and show up for our dreams, show up um, for that vibrant life uh, that we want. So self-care is uh, not a luxury. It's a crucial uh, part of any kind of sustainable, happy life. So what are your self-care tips? If you want to share, please email me, kelly at strongwomenco.com. Um, and in the meantime, take care of yourself um, and each other. Can't wait to uh, talk to you again. Check out this song. Subscribe, please, on iTunes um, or wherever you listen to your iPod or iTunes or sort of podcasts. And um, until next time, friends and sisters, love ya. Where am I going? Cause every day starting to feel the same Like I'm going through motions I'm really wishing it was Saturday So I can drown in the ocean On my blankets I could float away Feel my emotions Look all these emotions Gonna turn my phone off And dime myself roll up Yeah, I maybe do